Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, the hottest thing in wrestling today is NXT. All the shows are selling out. All the superstars are popular, getting over big time, coming onto the main roster and making a big, big impact. But the one thing you don't know about is what happens behind the scenes at NXT. Everyone's talking about NXT, but who are the people behind the scenes that pull the strings, that run the show, that help train the superstars of tomorrow, the big, big money makers of tomorrow? I got one of them on the show here today. He grew up in Liverpool and may or may not know the Beatles. Although I think we'll get a story about Uncle Ringo today. I'm talking about my old friend Robbie Brookside. NXT trainer is here this week. I don't talk as Jericho. He's been doing this for years. He's killing it down there. And we're going to talk about the crazy ride he's been on as a part of NXT. And his amazing career that he's been doing since the 80s. He was uh, he was a trainer and, a, and an original mentor for William Regal. That's how long he's been doing it. Robbie and I as well go actually way back. We met back in Hamburg, Germany in 1993. I was just a hot young upstart at 22 years old. We got some great stories about living there, wrestling there, uh, the debauchery that happened in Hamburg. Robbie will also talk about his short-lived stint in WCW. I was there. I wait to hear that story. He also wrestled for New Japan. I was also there. And he can can thank his aunt for getting him started in pro wrestling in the first place way back in Liverpool. He's a funny guy, and you'll pick up lots of great Cockney slang listening to this one what's cockney slang uh here's an example jack the rippers another way to describe the girls we met when we were out in japan uh, he will explain what jack the rippers stands for i'm sure you can figure it yourself how about this one tom hanks as in tom hanks for subscribing to talk is jericho on itunes and leaving a five-star rating and a comment subscribing is the way to do it you'll never ever miss an episode it helps out the podcast almost as much as them five-star ratings and comments that you're going to give us all of that together helps our itunes ranking so please take a minute and do all three then take another minute and check out some of the amazing ddp yoga transformation videos at ddpyoga.com slash jericho now talk about inspiration you want inspiration you want to get in better shape you need some motivation to get your new year's fitness plan going lean and mean in 2016 this is all you need baby and once you're feeling it go download the new ddp yoga now app okay i used it the other day Day. You can get it for iOS and Android. Android. I, I, I downloaded it on my iPhone. 
It's getting great reviews, and once you download it, you'll see why. I got it on my phone, and I love it because now I don't have to take my DDP Yoga DVDs with me everywhere, my little DVD attachment that I needed for my MacBook. I don't have to figure out how to play them because it's getting harder and harder to find DVD players. DVDs are obsolete, man. Get with it. Get into the year 2016. Get the DDP Yoga Now app because it's got access to all the workouts along with access to live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center in Atlanta, Georgia. It's pretty cool. I used it the other day. It was amazing. I mean, I love DDP Yoga. I've been doing it for almost five years now. That's crazy. But to do it uh, on my phone with no hassle, no extra pieces, no uh, extra uh, accoutrements, no extra apparatuses, I don't need anything. I just need my app. And also, if you want to get in better shape, diet, very, very important. Uh, DDP's app also got recipes, nutrition guides. You can even watch some live cooking shows. DDP's a hell of a cook. You can also earn rewards with within the app and redeem them for some cool prizes and how that works is the more workouts you do the more points you get the more points you get the more swag you get so you're actually getting presents to do yoga who else is going to do that nobody only ddp all right you guys know how much ddp and ddp yoga did for me how much i love this program how, how much i believe in this program and how much i use this program and that's why dallas has given you such a great deal he wants to spread the love he wants you to get in the best shape of your life okay he's giving you the best price on DDP Yoga at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. My good friend Heavy Devi way up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada just bought it this week using that code. He got a hell of a deal uh, and if you do that, if you purchase DDP Yoga at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho you'll get three months of the DDP Yoga Now app for free. That's right, I said for free. What else are you going to get for free nowadays, man? Alright? Uh, the best things in life uh, aren't free is what uh, John Lennon says. Actually, he didn't say that but that's what I'm saying and I want you to know You'll get something for free if you you go to the ddpyoga.com slash Jericho now. The best things in life are free. That's what I was trying to get at. And uh, the, the app is one of the best things. You're going to get it for free for three months. So get started on DDP Yoga today, okay? It's one of the best decisions you can make for your health and your fitness. And take advantage of this special offer, okay? Get uh, three free months of access to the DDP Yoga Now app by going to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. This is, this is legit, all right? This is the real DDP deal okay and one more thing ddp has also told me personally specifically the resurrection of jake the snake is finally coming to video on demand on january 12th exclusively on itunes that's this coming tuesday you have got to see this movie it's an amazing piece of filmmaking you got to see it one of the most emotional documentaries i've seen watching jake the snake transform his life reclaim his life and his career repair some of the damage with his estranged family all thanks to diamond dallas page and ddp yoga it's a remarkable story okay it's one of the best movies movies I've seen of uh, this year, one of the best documentaries I've seen this year, that and the Glenn Campbell documentary, I'll Be Me, are the two most heartwarming, heartbreaking documentaries I've seen, and you can see the Glenn Campbell documentary now, and Jake's documentary is on iTunes exclusively, uh, coming up on January 12th, this coming Tuesday. Pre-order The Resurrection of Jake the Snake exclusively on iTunes now, so you can be among the first to get it once released on Tuesday, right? And don't miss out on the exclusive DDP Yoga offer at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. You'll get the best price on DDP Yoga plus three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. Free. I said free. One, two, free. That's what we're doing. Say one, two, free. All right? Change your life. Get started today. Get the best shape of your life with DDP Yoga. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and do it right now. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. 
here at the uh, amazing WWE Performance Center with, I guess, probably, I guess, one of my oldest friends in the biz, Robbie Brookside, because we met in 93. So it's a long time ago. Hamburg, 1993. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you are here now as uh, uh, people with the modern day kind of uh, fan would know you as one of the trainers here at the PC. And um, how long have you been working here for? Um, it's coming up to two years. I, I, I was supposed to come for six months, and after about three months, they said, "Would you think about staying a bit longer?" And I went, "Of, of course, it's just the, it's the best thing that's happened to me. Uh, certainly in the last twenty years, it's it's just been a, a, a hell of an honour and a new learning curve." So I stayed for the six months, and then they stayed with, said, "Will you stay for a bit longer?" And then they just said, "Will you stay?" Mm. Um, I've got my family back in England, but it. It's oh, your family's still in England now. Yes, yes. Oh, so it, that, that's a bit difficult. Um, my family, my football team, but, um, but I've <laughs> got M- NBC, so I watch them every. every Who's Saturday. your football team? Everton. Everton. Sorry. Everton. Okay. That's that's okay. Right. <laughs> With the oh, the the, the uh, amazing football chant that you told me about years ago, you're gonna get your. F- Head kicked in. The, the the sounds of the terraces in the seventies and the eighties. It was uh, an anthem just to to keep you on your toes, especially when you went to Manchester or London. And that's what everybody would be oh, singing. Yeah. That yeah, it was a bit. Was there other ones too? Oh yeah. Um, I don't think can I, I can't say. Oh, it. you can no, say no, it. It's uh, you could have let it lie. Uh, well, you should have let it lie. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean it, going to football games back in the seventies and eighties. It was. Um, it was sod's law in some places, and when I when I went to Manchester, I went to Manchester to start wrestling and and learning. Really, wasn't professional wrestling. It was uh, Olympic submission style wrestling. And I get off Piccadilly sta- uh, Piccadilly Station every Sunday, and Manchester and Liverpool's only thirty five miles difference. But the, the the there's an absolute chasm in, in accent, and culture, and football, and fashion, and music. Um, and it goes back even to the dock days when Manchester built a canal to bypass the Liverpool dock so they could get the cotton to all the factories. So it's it's inbreded. And I'd come out of... This is a real rivalry. Oh, it's horrendous if you're in, in the wrong part of town. Yeah. And you come out and some little Mancunian scally go, all right, mate, you got that out in time. And I'd go, yes, it's uh, like... Yeah. And it's the best ever warm-up. I'd run up to the YMCA. And by the time I got there, I didn't need any uh, stretching or leg exercises. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was... Um, so, yeah, football was a um, huge thing. It still is. It still is now, you know. But I think now they've they've um, they've made it very commercial. And now you can get it... Well, I can get it on my own. Right. There's, like, football channels, and yeah. you can watch it online. Mm-hmm. I know Barrett's a big football fan. Yeah, he's a Preston fan. Preston fan. I mean, I mean that, my, my father actually played played for Preston. Really? He played three games. Is Preston, the like, the, one of the A-level teams? No, it, it used to. they used to be really big. They're one of the sort of founder members of the Football League. So, to me, they're always a big club because they're one of the founder members. Um, but I think they're now in the championship. So they're on. They've sort of had a little bit of a climb from last year. I know. Uh, fair play to to uh, the king. Like he, he um, you, you've got to stick to your football. I mean, over here. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Over here, they all, they always go on about like, oh well, you know, they're they're, they're a new franchise, and I'm gonna. I supported uh, Is that your Miami. Well, it's, I support Miami. Sure, sure, man. <laughs> Sometimes I have to talk like this. To, to be to be understood. Well, because you got a, you have a, a thick Liverpool accent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and it's not going to. I know. Um, yeah. 
Dave Taylor was another colleague of ours. Yeah. Uh, it was like very strange. One time he was talking away. He was in England and he lived over here, and he said uh, I had to take t trash out. <laughs> and it's like in a big Yorkshire accent, and, and like, but he's, he's obviously we t we call it the bins or, or the rubbish. We put the rubbish out, but he'd, uh, he's he's acclimatised to, to trash. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to bug him about it, right? Like, oh, what are you talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah. Well, it's that Yorkshire accent. Um, there's a fella called Mal Kirk, um, King Kong Kirk, who unfortunately passed away. Um, while he was doing the job, it was in uh, Great in Yarmouth. Ring. Yeah, he he, um, he he was on with Big Daddy at Great Yarmouth, and um, I mean, I think he was a big fella, and he, he I think he had a heart attack. But um, we were doing shows in the mid '80s for Eurosport, and he, they built him from Canada. So like he, he he was on with Tony Sinclair, and he it was a championship match, <laughs> and we have you, you know we have backslang, so like uh, for for the belly. It's Darby Kelly. Yeah. So That's, is that the uh, the uh, Cockney slang? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Which you taught me. Darby. Darby. So oh, good Darby. <laughs> so Mal Kirk took the microphone. He said, "God damn it, Sinclair!" In a big Canadian or like a big North 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 American accent. God damn it, Sinclair! I want that goddamn belt around my Darby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in the back and I fell off the chair. It was so funny. Um, so yeah, the, the accents always a big. But I, you, because you, you're like the the classic English wrestler. You've been wrestling since you were like 14 years old or something along I've, those lines. I, right? I made my debut when I was. It's coming up to um, 34 years. So how old were you? I was 15 when I actually 15. made my debut. But I was doing it. Uh, I mean, it's not like it wasn't like what it is now. I mean, I, I always remember. Finding out that there was a wrestling school, mm -hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't get my head around it, especially when I found out the person that was had the wrestling school who, who probably needed to go to a wrestling school himself. <laughs> but it was it was all strange because there was no there was nowhere when when I started. It was a case of uh, it, it was a pure fluke by. But when I got... What year is this? It would have been 1980. Wow, so that's a long time ago. Like, perfect example, like 10 years later when I started, how do you find a wrestling school? There was no internet or there was no uh, wrestling observer to look through or Nothing anything. There wasn't. Like, how did you get into it? You know? So I went to um, an arena in Liverpool called Liverpool Stadium, and I've sort of said this, you know, but... I, I play football. I played like a really good competitive, uh, good competitive. Okay. Level. Uh, from twelve to fifteens, I was like um, in the schools teams in Liverpool, mm -hmm. um, and played at good levels in Sunday. I mean, I played football every single day of my life, and my father, from you know, my father was like immensely proud because coming from Liverpool, there were, and especially at that particular time, the political um, skyline was not very good. Liverpool suffered under the uh, Margaret Thatcher's government and especially where I come from Liverpool for by the docks and there was, there was a lot of commerce and industry back then and it just in a, probably about a six month period it just got unplugged the, mm. the whole thing got unplugged and um, so there was basically there was no sort of future no job um, so you security. either play football or you try and start well, a rock and roll yeah, band or <laughs> yeah yeah or, or you got a microphone you told some jokes or you, or you picked a guitar up or you, or you put a pair of boxing gloves on. So playing football and 
obviously I, I loved it and uh, I, I think I could kick a football before I could walk mm-hmm. I really you know like we used to play in the streets from and in the this time of the year the summer holidays we played till you know your mother shouted you know when, when the when it was dark mm-hmm. and so then I went to watch wrestling this 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 one night I'd always wanted to watch it and I wasn't allowed to watch it on the telly my dad my dad hated it mm. like uh, that's an understatement is this uh, world, of, world sport? of sport yeah big daddy like, I'd be playing football on a Saturday but uh, as a kid and, and um, but I'd get home say 4 o'clock and my dad would do an, a, a late shift or an early shift and he'd go to the pub for a couple of pints and he'd come in and I'd have it on we used to have these big televisions that I'd like you press it in and you could hear it in the next room, and, <laughs> and my dad would go, go to the toilet, get that bloody rubbish off. <laughs> so I, it was always one of those things, and I saw a few posters up on, on the, the the high street, and just by luck one night I went with with my auntie, she used to go and, and took me in a fateful night in, I think, May, May or June, 78, and uh, I went to watch it. Never, never wanted to be part of it, but I was just transfixed with this instantly yeah Adrian Street was on the first show ah. John Cortez um, Jackie Palo um, a, a Liverpool wrestler called Johnny Palance who was just even to this day vastly underrated and I wanted to go again and I went the next week and my auntie took me again and then the third week it was on every Friday she said I'm not going I said well I'm, I'm going to go so my mother said, "Well, you know, it's a bad part of town." And when you think about it now, you know, I, I brought, you know, I've got, I've got daughters of me of my mm. own, and the way you think about, you, you know, you open a newspaper now and you, go, oh my god, it's you don't you know, want to get out of the you house. Can't go, you're, you're, you're only eighteen. <laughs> yeah. here, here was I, I was twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to go to football matches with fifty three, fifty five thousand people. I used to go up by yourself, yeah, as an yeah. eight year old kid, and you know, there was no. no not even a second thought. Probably a, a much rougher crowd at the football uh, uh, yeah, matches. Yeah, and, and I don't think society's changed where we've evolved as humans. I think there was there was naughty people back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and but yeah, I think it it, it it makes you grow up. And so I, anyway, I went regular, and then the football season came back, and I, I somehow managed to swing at the training sessions. But it came to it was like a three week period when it came to a crunch, and I thought I'm not going to football, and. Um, then I, I got the, my parents got a letter and the school got a letter because it was that high, you know, it was that taking that serious. And I got a warning, and then I that you it. weren't showing up. Yeah, a warning. Yeah. But you know, and then I got three warnings, and I got threatened by my father, <laughs> and then uh, they, they kicked me out of the, the the thing, and I was the only kid out of our school to actually get into this select team and whatnot. And, then, and this um, is because you wanted to get into wrestling. Well, no, I just wanted to go and watch it. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't. I, I, I you were that obsessed with it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I had some posters and I had some programs, and I was like, who was your favorite? I, um, well, you know, going back, it would would there would have been Adrian Street, um, without a doubt, a fellow called the Amazing Kung Fu, who was just um, even to this day he goes back and like one of the best baby faces. Hmm. Um, Blue eyes, as we call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, baby faces are blue eyes, and what are heels? Um, villains. Villains. Bob yeah. Dylan's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was there was some really good. There was um, a fellow called Alan Mikay who was like really really good, and um, 
a fella called Wild Angus and Steve Vidor, who was again one of the greatest baby faces. Are these just kind of local guys or no, English I guys? No, I mean Vidor was a was a national hero. Okay, but it's it's what you and if enough people go back into the history, then they'll they'll you know. But a lot of people don't really you know they they talk of Johnny Saint quite mm-hmm. rightly so, and Tony Sinclair and Fit Finley and Rollerball Rocco, and of course the iconic Mick McManus and Jackie Palo who. You know, two fellas who actually um, put more viewing figures on the cup final than the actual cup final, 1967. Oh, wow. They got more viewing... For their match? For their match. So it's like now if you go to the Super Bowl and say, well, you're going to put Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, and they get more than the Super Bowl. Wow, okay. It was that kind of... It's just like... It was a huge deal, right. Um, but these these particular wrestlers, like I, Brian Dixon, was the promoter. So Brian wasn't world of sports. So what he used to do, he used to poach wrestlers and give them better deals than what does Brian? What does Brian sound like? Well, Brian talks like that, doesn't he? You know, you, you can laugh now, Chris. You know, in all honesty, <laughs> we tried to book you in '93, and you'd rather go to Stampede. <laughs> and you know, I've never forgiven you for that. <laughs> So, <laughs> he was the promoter. He still is a promoter he in England. Is, yeah. yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, I've had my ups and downs with the. Fa- I mean, it's it's mad now to just think about these times at the Liverpool Stadium. Um, going there and um, and and first time I ever saw women wrestlers. Hmm. It was just a shocker. You know, this whole this whole circus. Which is, what a good you know, call. Yeah, it, what it was, and um, just the different styles and whatever, and then. My father cut every cut my pocket money, so I had to get a paper round. So he was pissed that you. Oh, he, yeah. he never spoke to me for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And the the headmaster, a fellow called Mister Patterson, not that I've, uh, <laughs> I can never forget this. He stood me up in assembly, and said I was a disgrace oh. to the school. And and if you think about that now, you know you could probably take him to to Luxembourg and find him. You know, human <laughs> yeah. human rights court. But I, even now, I don't look back and think, well, I was I was victimised or. In, in any, it, it, it actually, the reason why I'm talking in this microphone now is because of, of, of situations like that. And I, I never look back in anger and think, well, God, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, did you start thinking, like, okay, like, I'm not in soccer or football anymore. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into wrestling. Well, I still played for the local teams and, and, right. and whatnot. But um, what happened, and this, this changed everything. I had a mate called Ian Hutchinson. And he used to come to the house and my dad went, uh, all right, so it's your lads, put a bloody spanner in the works. <laughs> and, Is that uh, the dark? No, that's my dad. Oh, who's it, Ian Hutchison? Ian Hutchison. Oh, sorry, he, he was a football friend. Okay, gotcha. Um, who used to hang out with uh, as a teen, you know, early teen. And um, he used to come to Liverpool Stadium with me. So he went, the, the, the stadium had this, like, t- two sort of entrances to the ring and he had a tunnel at the back that was all sort of enclosed by a wooden wall. And he went up to this little small five foot two english wrestler from liverpool called carl mcgrath he had a voice like that and and he had a bit bit of a impediment (laughs) so he he noticed and said see that blonde kid down there he thinks it's all fixed so carl couldn't get his words out he was that angry so he said tell him to be uh, it take 10 minutes to <laughs> do it in character. So he, he said, tell him to come to the Liverpool, um, to Kirby. Kirby's on the outskirts of Liverpool, seven miles out, like an overspill. And it was the place called the Eng- English Electric. 
and that was the, the it was on the Sunday, so I had a, a game for the local team in the morning. And I went up straight to, I used to get the, um, I think it was the 92, 92B up to Kirby. And uh, you get off of Zachley and walk up um, whatever the, the, whatever the, it's a big long country lane. I get there, I'm already knackered. And there's like a big long room, big uh, facility room, the sports room. And I had a big clock at the end of it. And there was all these like old fellas that looked like maths teachers. <laughs> and they, they were in track suits and they'd all, they were all warming up. And Carl made a big, presentation said this kid thinks it's all fixed put three minutes on that clock and Chris to this day the longest three minutes of my life they're just beating the hell out of you and stretching I, you. stretching yeah yeah I, coming from Liverpool punches kicks headbutts you know knees yeah all day long not all day long but I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can I understand the pain and, and and feel the pain but I realized I had a neck or a Greg Gregory Peck, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I couldn't do anything. And then he, he started whacking the side of me. I was like f fourteen, I suppose, thirteen, late late thirteens, early fourteens. And I remember looking at the clock, and it, it was like a minute. <laughs> and I thought I, I'm going to pass out, and I could I could taste metal in my mouth, you know, and the blood. The blood's and, and coming, out, coming yeah. down my nose and stuff, and. Um, I wanted to, to I wanted to be sick and um, eventually the three minutes were up and he, I was just discarded to, to the side of the mat and it just left there like some sort of like leper <laughs> and um, I didn't know whether to just get me coat and just run run out the door and but I stayed and watched the end of the thing and then I went back for a, a couple of more weeks and same same things but with different people and then um, the first week I remember it was up by Croxteth. Um, the East Lancashire Road, and they have these big sort of bus stops where there's like a big sort of side in the road, and you can sit where, where the bus pulls in. I remember sitting there, and I was crying, and, and some old woman went, "You're all right, lad." I went, "No, <laughs> I think I've made a big, big, big mistake." <laughs> and um, and of course, in in Liverpool, the wrestling was it was what people just like. People that I didn't even know would look at, stop in, on the on the high street, or you walking up to the match, or even in town and look at you and just shake their head and walk away as if like you know, I'd, I'd done something, mm -hmm. I'd killed someone or something like that. <laughs> um, and then that's when I started. Carl took me underneath his wing, and even to this day, I, I think Carl still. I mean, I haven't saw him for, for quite some time, but. Um, he still trains and he still got I mean he trained up at Wigan and then mm -hmm. he took me up there a couple of times and took me to Manchester um, but it was always at this uh, once I got on the mat it was never I, I didn't want to stay on the mat I wanted to get in the ring mm -hmm. and then he took me to Rill and that's when I started uh, for Orig Williams and uh, putting rings up and being a second and being a time, I mean, you know, whatever you putting posters out and whatever in me summer holidays, just doing whatever it needed to be done. For yeah, the and, and then you get in the ring with Eddie Hamill and and Johnny Palance and, and Orig, and uh, Orig wasn't the best wrestler, in fact, you know, but he 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 trained some of the best people, you know, like mm. and and especially in the girl the the girls division, but he was a great trainer and he and he give you a chance. I mean, he was a, he was a tough he was a tough old sod, you know. He he wouldn't give you the but he'd give you a chance and he'd never praise you, which I think is also important at that, that particular mm. time. And then um, uh, by, the time, by, by the time I was 15, I'd, 
he gave me my first opportunity, which was at Real Town Hall on uh, I think October 22, 81. And um, I actually bunked the train from, from Liverpool because I didn't have my mother and father wouldn't give me the money. So I had to get on the train. I, I like paid, sneak on the train? Yeah, so you pay a single to Upton by Chester and then you stay on. It's like it's a stone's throw to Chester and then you're on the main line to North Wales. But then I'd have to hide or I'd pretend to be like someone's son. So you know, like <laughs> I'm just saying with you, and like and the, the amount of things that I, I forgot all these things now. But like I remember, or just hiding in the toilets, and when they're coming to check the tickets yeah, or whatever, you're yeah. in the toilet. I, it was like a game of cat and mouse. By the time I get to real, and I didn't think I was resting, but they said you, you know, we, we need. It. So I went on with a fellow called Joe Critchley. It was an old Wigan fellow. But he's a. a one of the nicest um, fellas that you know he'd been through it all he'd done it all and he, to come through the Wigan scene anyone has my utmost respect because them fellas that's really tough right yeah, the snake pit or yeah. whatever it's called and yeah. that's where all, all your, your the submissions and the chokes and the arm bars and all that you know that's Carl Gotch went there mm -hmm. and, and picked uh, Billy Riley's brain for the best part of a year um, but Billy Riley was the initiator and all, the, I mean, the Jack Dempsey's and the Bob Robbie's and all these people. Um, and even today, Roy Wood, you know, he, but to, to make me debut, and he, he was called Dirty Dick Steptoe. And uh, um, Joe, Joe used to have a catchphrase, you go, right, see you tomorrow at three o'clock. If I'm five minutes late, I won't be there <laughs> every time. Because he was always there reading his paper with a sandwich in the car. He'd always be on time. And um, I, I don't really remember. I was so nervous about the first match. But to get it under my belt, and um, I stayed in real the night. And I, mi I missed the first half of my school the next day, which went down like a lead balloon. But that was the start. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, it was just... Because you guys are... And this is like back in those days, you're working like a lot during the week like every night every night like seven yeah. days a week yeah twice on sundays sort of thing well like on one of the probably around 83 the the most shows i've done in a day is six six shows in yeah. one day four rings and six six matches how can you even do that and then um, that was you know like when i started someone from liverpool was like kind of frowned upon i was the only liverpool wrestler and being scouser 16 mickey mouses <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, yeah, you know Mickey. It's Mickey. The only bloody good, good scouts is a dead one. And I had all these like real tough fellas who were, you know, um, the Keith Martinelli's. Who Martinelli was always blood boots. Martinelli, um, blood boots. Yeah. Wow. He was. He was. A t he probably still is. If you if you if someone bumps into Keith Williamson in Bolton, you know this fellow was was the real deal. He was hard on me, but he wasn't one of the ones who who I would say made my life hell. Mm -hmm. um, there were other people, and and it was a case of they didn't want you there. You know, that you'd be in the car and you'd say, oh, well, how's, how's John? Well, he should be here today, but someone else is here. And it made you feel terrible. Oh, because you're taking his spot. Yeah, you're taking the butter off his family's dinner table. And you, I was, the, my apprenticeship in England is quite famous within that that particular regime because they didn't want me there and brian was one of the worst uh, instigators of it all brian dixon yeah you know then why, so, then why bring you aboard well this was it i think it kind of entertains him so mm. I'll, i've you know and really that i thought well that's what you've got to go through to get to get where you've and it wasn't you know it wasn't a case of oh, i want to go to wwf 
or NWA or even New Japan. It was I never wanted that. I just wanted to do the touring. I wanted to get in that ring and learn more and um, and and be be liked and be one of the boys mm -hmm. kind of thing. But the first, I'd say, the first three years were like hell. You know, if you if you fell asleep in the car, they'd get WD forty and. Um, spray the back of you know like so you uh, or they get the car lighter and burn you i had a pair of adidas adidas uh, tracksuit bottoms must have been like 30 burns 30 holes in it they're just burning holes in your when you when you fell asleep and what would they do with the wd-40 spray well, it in the back of your you head know, like what, what i said about the six shows in one day yeah you'd be exhausted and you get in the car and you got to travel to another part of the uh, great britain so you know four five six hour drive you're like you know, you eventually like go into like a coma, and they'd get the WD forty and go, and I, I just faintly hear like a little snigger and shh, and they'd in your mouth or yeah, in, in my mouth. Oh, jeez! You know, or like breakfast in the morning, they put salt in your tea, or um, they'd get up earlier than you and put a bucket of water over you in bed. And that was a real kind of eighties, early nineties thing. Was ribbing the young guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody. I mean, Calgary was bad for that too. Obviously, completely disappeared and gone now. Mm -hmm. Nobody does anything like that anymore. You'd be taken to, you know, human resources or whatever. But that was just the rite of passage at that it point. It was the, in time. what you had to do. Right, you had um, to put up with it. I think I was the last one to actually go through that. Mm -hmm. You because know, um, you're a good-looking guy. Thankfully, you, you know you had long blonde hair. You probably were growing it at this point in time. But mm -hmm. so they don't like you because oh, they hated yeah. me. And, um, and there was also like you had to prove your masculinity, mm -hmm. and if you didn't do that, you know you were branded, you know. And it was it was it was hard, you know. Like um, there lo loads of like mad stories. Like what I was t telling the story, like. So you you'd be on the on the holiday camps during the during the summer and you, it was Butlins it was heavy butlins and and we do these extra ones as well so like we used to get to Skegness on a, I think a Wednesday night and they'd go to the sh the the um, reception and they'd come back bad bad night tonight lads for Shelley's only four there's yours Chris there's yours Brian there's yours Carl there's yours John and I'd be sat there now. Um, part of my deal, I had, to, I had to look after the officials. The officials were the spanners, the the, the hammers, the ring bell, nails, nuts and bolts. Well, that's what you call them, the officials. Officials, you're right. they, okay. were, they were they were more official than any any one of us. Without them, we couldn't do the show. Ah, uh, you talking about the all the paraphernalia yeah. to start the match and stuff? Okay, the officials. Oh yes, not the refs. Not the refs. Okay. no, the officials. <laughs> the official spanners, there were, and there was the 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 the, the babby spanner, the mummy spanner, and the daddy spanner. There was the big for all occasions. <laughs> so I had them in, in this this old sports bag that never had a zip or a handle. So you had to cup your hand and like almost use it like a like a like if you can imagine carrying. Um, a roll of carpet, Barely. but the, there was like Stanley, Stanley knives and stuff. I was forever getting cut, you know. With it. And then I, I had to wrestle as Ben's room, and we had this like big Dick Turpin hat with um, Dick Turpin, the the highwayman, famous highwayman thing. But it had all feathers on it, and I couldn't get that creased. And I, so I had all this plus my own stuff. So by the time I get out the car, they'd all gone in the chalets. It's like one o'clock in the morning. You knock on the door and they tell you to f off, you know, and they they leave you out there for like. And you, once you've cooled down, you're cold and, mm -hmm. you, and you, you, so they won't you, let you into the no, cabin basically. And, and so like you'd stand out there every night. You know, that was just one of the parts. <laughs> and nowhere to sleep. You just 
No, and then but, but there was one fella called, uh, there was a t table tennis like professional called Martin. So Brian, this one, one night, Martin, have you got anywhere Brooks I can stay? So he said, no, but Joe Dodds has. So there's a big fat dart player called Joe Dodds. And he came bounding down the shelly line like Grouseberger or Stair Crazy. <laughs> and he had, he had like a Brill Cream down. I'll never forget it. And I only met him once. He had a voice like that, a big fella. So he said, put him in. I've got a, I've got a single. Let the kid come in with me. So he spent the night telling me about his dart exploits. And I said, I just want to go to sleep, mate. I said, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, but I got into the national finals. And then he, and he started on about food. And he got up about six o'clock. He said, and he told me, he said, I'm just going for a breakfast round this cafe down the road. And then he, he proceeded to go in the toilet and leave a big number two that was unblockable. And it just, I couldn't, I, I was I, like sick for the rest of the day. And that was just, you know, like the, the stuff they did to me, I, I suppose I, yeah, you look back and you laugh. Yeah. You know, because the, there was the license the mm. license I'll, I'll have to tell you this one this is a this is an absolute class. and this I, I took this later on and done it on mass to anyone else any of the young lads who came in and you, you you can you can build this up over a week and you can send people to a dark place in a time in in the in the heads so we were going somewhere and Brian wasn't on so there was four of us in the car and it was like a little Datsun little uh, mustard Datsun it was and um, we're going over to Filey, and there was the fella called Sandy Scott, there's John Kenny, Carl McGrath, and myself. So we're going over the M62, and we're going over the tops, and um, they start going on about uh, a five-card trick. So I just, you know, it was another moment where I'd gone, that's never going to happen again. So naively, in a teenage way, I went, what's a five-card trick? And thinking, thinking about it, often there was a hushed silence. Yeah, hooked them. So they've, so they've gone. Well, you know, it's just a thing. It's like a, it's like a wind up or a rib, you call it a rib over it, and and uh, it's some something that you you in the dark part of your mind you'll 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 be at your wit's end, but then at the end of it you'll laugh your head off. So oh, that's really vague in my head. So they start talking blah 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 blah. And next thing about licenses. Wrestling licenses. So I'd been to Spain when I left school. I went straight to Valencia to Sp and I wrestled there for like four weeks, five weeks, and you needed a license. So I've gone. They've gone. Brookside. What's what number's your license? So I thought I better def this one. I better just. So I started looking at the sheep in the fields on the, on the <laughs> side. Of the they went, "Hey, you. What what number's your license? Have you got a license? Haven't you?" I went, yeah, a Spanish one. No, 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 not a Spanish one. A British one. I went, no. So they've gone, you what? They went, oh, for God's sake. Don't, come on, get your light. And it went, this went on for about an hour. So, the, <laughs> uh, so I said, I haven't got a licence. Dixon again. He lets anyone through the back door. I'm thinking, I've gone through a freaking front door on this one. I, I, you know, I haven't skipped any bits. So, the, bloody Dixon, for God's sake, don't tell Johnny Saint. Now... Johnny Saint's one of my mentors, you know. I, I, Amazing from, from the day chain what, wrestler. Yeah. Uh, what? Don't say chain oh, wrestler. Sorry. Don't you mention? Don't say the chain word. <laughs> sorry. Amazing wrestler. Yeah. Um, who, in and out the ring, is an ambassador. Mm -hmm. You know, still is today. And I've, um, I can't find superlatives to describe this fella. He, and and so go back to then and and 
he was him and Rocco were my mentors. They were the ones who I, I polished the belts, I polished the boots. I, they they taught me. They 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 heckled me. Gotcha, they, you yeah. know, I got them the tea, and you know, I was running. So um, they said he's the Northwestern shop steward for the licenses. Whatever you do, don't friggin' tell. So that night we get to Filey. I never slept. I thought, oh God, this is uh, what am I going to do? So we do Filey. We do four shows on the on the, the Wednesday, <laughs> and we go to Skegness. We get to Skegness. They give me a chalet key. I thought this is very strange. Next day, Johnny Saint turns up. I'm I'm stuck to Johnny Saint like a bloodsucker. I'm just everything, every, anything. I'm, I'm like, don't, 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 I'm like looking at the rest of the lads. Please don't. We do the show and then we go to Clacton, which is again, it's like five hours. But now Johnny Saint's in the front seat. I'm in. So there's two molded seats, and there's like a little ridge. That was my seat. So I'm up there like that. It was. It was like it's like one of them Japanese like, torture things <laughs> where they go like you know the the, the uh, endurance or whatever yeah. they call it. So they're talking away, and I, and then at like half an hour, and you've got to change it the, the sides of your cheeks on your. And, <laughs> yeah. And your so the next we get about two hours into the journey. And um, they start talking about me and who, who's the best, you know, the biggest names. So I said, well, you know, I've been on with John and Mighty John Quinn, big Canadian fella, and Rollerball Rocco, blah, blah. And then Sandy Scott went, what, without a licence? Oh! And there was just this hushly silence. And Johnny Saint <laughs> turned into Robert De Niro. He turned round and he went, Robbie, have you got a licence? And I felt, I couldn't, I couldn't control my vocal cords. I went, no. <laughs> he went, stop this car. So they're all getting out and they're all squaring up to Johnny Satan. One of them's playing devil's advocate and I'm just like that. I'm, yeah, me, me head's hung firmly in my hands. I'm thinking, this is the end of me. What am I going to do now? So we get back in the car and then we stop the car again and they're going on about, I shouldn't be in the job. You're, you're unlicensed. He said, I shouldn't be even be in a car because my insurance won't come, come out if I'm with an unlicensed wrestler. <laughs> and the journey just it's took total forever. bullshit, right? Oh, yeah. oh. So we get to, we get to, just by, uh, and Sandy Scott said, turned around to me, he said, never mind, Brooke. He said, I've got a big chalet made here called Morag. He said, mind you, you'll probably need a license to, to, to go with her. And they all just started laughing. And like, and that was that. Then let you have the hug. And I, you know when you've been there, and you and you you, you know what that. So I I've recreated that over a hundred times. <laughs> the license oh, I, and, and and passports going to Scotland. <laughs> that's a good. One. That's a, that's always a bad. But I, I always feel not so much now because obviously I live four miles from here, so it's not really. We don't. We travel, but we don't do the like the distances we used to do in England. Sure, of course. You know, it's um, you know two thousand miles by in, in some summer seasons. Um, but I always, I we used to have an old expression saying, "One sleeps, we all sleep." So there was, you weren't allowed to sleep in the car at any any time. You had to keep the driver awake. So mm -hmm. there was all these like court cases we'd have, and if you if you got found guilty, you got kicked out the car, and you had to run a mile. <laughs> and, that, yeah, and there was oh, in Germany you used to get a case of beer, you know, the, um, in the German tournaments and whatnot. But um, well, that was the thing too. If you had, I remember in Germany, if you had a bad match, you're supposed to buy a case of yeah, beer, right? Or, or, or if you knew you were on with someone that wasn't very good, you could call it the night before and say, "Well, look, when I'm on with him, him tomorrow, I'll buy half a case just so you, you cover your tracks, <laughs> just in case." <laughs> and I, I, I've, I've always felt, um, growing up in England, where um, 
the dressing rooms were, were sanctuary. You know, nobody was allowed to come in and, and be one of us. And that was a big thing, to be respected in the dressing room was a huge thing and a huge mountain to, to, to try and climb at first when you had all these real tough guys and and hardened hardened humans they were they were they were, they were very cold and very uh, once again it was a different world then to be in this job you were very hard definitely and tough and, and De- um and like so we have we had seconds so we had these these fellas who used to give you water in between rounds and they bring you bring your gowns and your jackets back uh, you know after the introductions of the first round and um when someone had come in we'd we'd always um, we, we have a, a word but everyone says kayfabe now because mm-hmm. but everyone knows that I'm not, I don't really want to give this, this oh, the word, new away. word away yeah. it's a famous football team from West London and um, it was the fella called Kevin Keneally who first told me about this and you just say the first word and you, you almost go like a statue if we're talking now and someone comes in and this word and you're you would stop talking. That's and what you, kayfabe used to be. Kayfabe, yeah. stop talking. Just, just, but you look, and you make that person, not, you don't insult him, but you make him feel uncomfortable. They know So he's just going to put the jackets down. He's not going to talk or, uh, you know, try and start a conversation. He's going to get out there as quick as he can. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Kevin Keneally told me that. And um, Kevin Keneally told me about uh, coffeehouse wrestlers. Do you know that one as no, well? No, was that? So coffeehouse wrestlers, there was um, there, there was a there was a, a, an old promoter in in Liverpool. He used to run shows in the northwest for I think part of the the old joint promotions, and he used to go to this coffeehouse. So he'd make his 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 cards up for the night, and he'd need a another and you know someone just to knock off on that on the night. So that all the, the the shit wrestlers would amalgamate in this coffeehouse, and he'd go down right who's I'll, I'll do it and so like they, they walk in the dressing room another coffee house wrestler <laughs> so that, that was another expression when, when someone wasn't very good <laughs> freaking coffee house you know <laughs> coffee house was in Wavertree as well another, not far from Penny Lane you know yeah yeah um, famous place that, that kind of thing so yeah I was brought up like there the, was real characters Justin and so good thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Well, let's talk about, about, about uh, we mentioned Germany. Let's talk about Germany, where, where we met, as we mentioned a while ago. And there's, there was a lot of characters there. How long had you been working? It was the Hamburg promotion, because oh, there was also like the Hanover Auto Vons, yeah. and this was kind of like the minor leagues of that, or the offshoot of that, or the Hamburg version of that. Yeah. How long had you been going there for? That was my, I think my third or fourth year. And we would go for six weeks? Six weeks. And it was, it was fantastic, because... We'd, we'd come off the back of a summer season when you're not, you, you know, you, you're living in a, in a suitcase. Well, you're living in a suitcase anyway, you know. But specifically, you've just done like a 12, 15-week like, marathon around Great Britain. And, you know, uh, by, the, by the end of the, of the Friday, you, you, your gear, you, no matter how many sets of gear you've got, it smells like acid. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. got that harmonia quality right. to it. And it's, it's horrible. But then we go to Hamburg... 
and it was great because uh, although you know some of the accommodations if you never had a caravan the place <laughs> yeah. the place in germany in <laughs> hamburg and, and this this is honestly this is true i, I lived in the domshanker which was across the from the the highland guys felt where they had the tent and i was there for six weeks and and one morning i got up and i got a coffee and the girl behind the bar and, and, and there's a record shop there's a record shop called michelle so i said well where's this record shop around there and she said oh it's in the city and i went well, this is the city, isn't it? She went, are you kidding me? Because San Pauli, as you, as you well know, yeah. is like the famous area of like bars, restaurants, um, red light. It's the, like one of the biggest red light areas in, in, in the whole of Europe. Um, and it's it's just famous for like its nights out and its um, frivolity, if I want to <laughs> call it that. Um, and so I'd, I'd lived there for six weeks or five and a half weeks and not knowing that there was other parts of it. I thought that was the city's... I thought, this is a dodgy party. <laughs> dodgy party, you're up this. And so um, it, for me, it was just... Uh, that was the one place I if, I... if I if I said to you now, the one place I wanted to go was to the German tournaments. And I think uh, William Regal... You know, he was, was also the same. Yeah, um, it, it was that was the place where we wanted to go because we'd see Dave Taylor, Terry Rudge, Tony Sinclair, Giants, Haystacks, uh, Malkirk, and they'd come back and they'd all have like big cars and they'd all have tails and you know they were they done rather well. You can make some money there. Yeah, you know, consistently you get guaranteed. Also, it was also a place where if you didn't wrestle, you just paraded. You got the same money. Yeah. And, and, I and, love that. And it was six days a week. We had Mondays off. Uh, no. And in the same... That was, so that, was the first, that was the first time that we did that. Okay, so but before was, that was seven days a week. Seven, yeah. In the same venue every mm -hmm. night, in the mm -hmm. tent every mm -hmm. night. Yeah. So do you know, like, did you know who was coming, like, who's in the tournament that year? Or did you just kind of meet no, him the No, I mean, when I, when I first met you, I thought, like, who's this fresh-faced young man? <laughs> um, and I, I remember, like, sort of having a protracted conversation with you and getting on, like, like a household Instantly, fan. yeah. Um, and having the music kinds of thing. And, and, like, Hamburg was such a... I mean, if you want to go and see three Frisian cows play the pan pipes it's available you know it, it, they have the most obscure and, and we and saw a gig like every Monday we was, had Mondays off and yeah. there was always a gig every Monday at the docks and also there was there was gigs we went to where we legged it and, mm. and, and went to like at the market or whatever and got got to the last yeah after the show yeah. went there and checked it out yeah, yeah and just got on the on the U-Ban yeah <laughs> but that, that's the same thing though for like when I met you guys because uh, it was run by Rene Lazartes mm -hmm. who uh, has been talked about on this show before when Cesaro was on Swi a Swiss guy probably I don't know he was maybe 60 at the time 70 65 65 70, in between yeah and so when I showed up, I this was writing letters back and forth, and this guy called Solomon Grundy had hooked me up with Rennie. And from the past. yeah, right. Oh. So when I he was supposed to pick me up at the airport, and he didn't, and all I had was this uh, this piece of paper with the hotel Domshank on it. Was I guess it was you and the Domshank as well. And I got there. And he was supposed to make a reservation for me. So I take a taxi there, and I got these two big duffel bags. And the lady goes, I said, I have a reservation here. And she's like, uh, no, you don't. I said, well, yes. she goes, no, you don't. And like, In get that, out. That abrupt German voice. Right. You have no reservation here. So I walk across the field to the tent, which was like just a little... Little, you know, little thing in the distance, and Lazarus is in there. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to pick you up. I forgot don't, to make." It. Don't do it again. Don't do it. Who tell you to do that? <laughs> I tell you to do it. You do it. Yeah. I don't tell you. 
Don't do it again. <laughs> You're trying to give me heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I met you, I'd been through the ringer of like, what the hell am I doing? I have nowhere to go. I don't know what I'm doing. And the first guy I met was Boston Blackie, yeah. who was, 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 he was pretty nice to me, which is pretty cool considering that, once again, I'm the new guy, also a blue eye. Yeah. He could have been like, who the hell is this kid? Get the hell out of here. And then I met you guys, long hair, you and the doc, and then finally made some friends. And it was like, okay, thank God I got some cool guys here. We had a laugh. We I, did. I, I can remember, um, I, I, like, I remember meeting you for the first time and, and sort of hitting it off and, and trying to show you what's what. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always said this about you. you. You always, you can just go into a place and, and make it your own anyway. You know, mm. you've always had that yeah, the personality and and um, your charisma's always always first class. So you can go and and I, th- I think it, it it probably took you about two days to just become. Yeah, it didn't. It it wasn't hard, you know. Mm. But but at first it was a little intimidating. And the language thing as well. I, I remember the first time I went. I, I went out with um, Darren with William Regal, and he the first night was just I'd never been to a place like it in my life. I'd never saw like. The, the, the girls on the streets and mm-hmm. in the car, Red Lake park, district. In the car park and down Herbert Straza, which was the windows and all that, I, f- I felt threatened, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, you know in England, like you, you you have to do all the or you did have to do the, the talking with the girl. You, my dad said you you need a few bobs to take her out, but these girls would come up to you and go, hey, come here, yeah. Oh, Adam's apple would be going up and down. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah. we, we used to we, we we would go to the gym, then go do the show. Oh no, go to the gym and go to Freddy's Imbus. Imbus in the back. We have preferential treatment in the back. <laughs> in the back of the Imbus. Yeah, it was a slight smell of meat. <laughs> <laughs> and Imbus is a restaurant in German. No, it's it's like a it's like a um, takeaway cafe. It's not. Oh, okay. it's, not, it, it's not that plush. Oh, right. that's that restaurants just... up market. This is not. This is not. <laughs> so you let us sit in the back, yeah. eat the roast chicken and the and the milk and the sauce. Oh yeah, you got a milk and. Uh, was the Mongolian there when you were there? No. Was he all oh, you? He wasn't there. You, yeah. you had luck. Yeah. Oh, you, you, I think he was there bef- before, the two years before. Okay, right, right. He was there. Then we'd go to the show, do the show, work, and then go to Auntie's, which was a Yugoslavian Croatian restaurant bar. slash, oh, Croatian restaurant slash bar. And then you'd stay there until five, six in the morning, then go to bed, and then wake up and go to the gym I, and do it all over again. And you'd say, I'm not doing this again. You wake up the next day and go, look, I'm not going out tonight. Yeah. And then you'd have your match. Eventually, you get somehow you get through the day, and then you go and you'd have your shower in that like rusty, minty, <laughs> fermented yeah. shower. There was a shower in the dressing room. It was right. horrible, though, yeah, wasn't it? it? Was, I mean, yeah. you took your life into your own hands. <laughs> and, um, and then you go right, come on, far. That was the name of the soap. Far. <laughs> and um, at the time, we were doing the video diaries. Mm-hmm. I've got to mention it. I've got oh, to mention. Please I've got tell to the men- story. Got to, tell the whole I've got to thing. Mention the thing. So. Um, I remember, like, we had Indio, and Indio was great. You know, he was... Indio Guajardo Colombia, maybe? Colombia, yeah. yeah. He was an old-time guy. He spoke German and Spanish, and that was it. And with a big fluffy head. Yeah. Big he, afro. He worked there. He was one of my fav- like, favorite people Good guy, to yeah. work with. And, um, and really, you know, one of the people that helped you and all that. But So the dressing room, and there was Johnny South, and there was the, Double Trouble there as well. Oh, Nelly was there, wasn't he? Nelly, yeah, Nelson. Um, and the worst Indian of all time. Sonny Workloud. Oh, God, there's another one that in England that came to England that could 
It could be. Oh, he could rival. It could Sonny be one of his I tribe. I remember could be. Sonny was always bragging, "I'm off again tonight. I'm making money. You guys aren't working." And it's like he probably could put two and two together when you've been off six dead nights in a row. Didn't didn't he used to do a crisscross? And then one night he hit the ropes and went over the top rope backwards. <laughs> and I missed it. I had the camera there. I mean, anyway, so we had, we had the video camera and we we had to film everything for this documentary. And I think during the ta- during the thing, I went back on the Monday. And actually done all the commentary in one day, wrote it down, and it was it was a bit of an ask, but we did it, and um, we kept on filming. I remember one time in the dressing rooms, and um, you were cavorting, um, scantily clad. Well, no, you, you were not clad, not, not unscantily clad. Yeah, well, you, well, you guys were filming, or the doc was filming, or some was you film, whatever, and. You're like, hey, what would you do right now if the camera's on you? And I said, well, I'd, you know, I'd take my 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 Willie out, my John <laughs> my Henry, <laughs> and shake it about, and you know, flapping about back and forth, and 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 uh, I believe it was the doc, but it might have been you. It was like, you know, how do you know this camera isn't on? No, it was the doc. I've I've, I've I mean, I've still got the video somewhere. Okay. Don't, don't worry, it's in a, a safe day. It will never see the light of day Please. out of my... No. So he goes, he goes. how do you know that the camera's on? I said, because the red light's on. And he goes, yes, it is, and took this piece of black tape off the front of the camera. The red light was on. I was like, you son of a we bitch. We duped you. I remember I said, we duped you. And you had this face to just like, <laughs> just looked at us like that. With um, well, and, and, and then we used to go to aunties. And, we used to be, and I, no, it was never in my my thing to ever like exposure in, in the bar or anything like that but I remember we were in the back of the bar and we just heard screams and you came with this like look like you look like John Wayne Gacy you just like this look of like that. <laughs> and you just looked at us and like obviously the doc was the instigator oh, what but, did you do but you you got you got well, what, tell them what you did. Oh, um, so, like the oh, we paused it. Well, you played it on we, the video played, screen well, we at the big we, TV we screen in the bar. We didn't know. Well, I didn't know that he was going to play it, and the doc gave him the thing, and then next thing we there was a some dressing room footage with with a with which gave people more than an eyeful. <laughs> And then they paused it, and then you came in. Oh, you I was so livid. mad. But then you'd done his... Um... It was cold that day, too. So <laughs> there was some shrinkage going on. And all the girls in the bar were like, you, what, what, you son of a bitch! Yeah, I cut, I cut the laces on his uh, boots and just be, and it, right before his match yeah. and put a, an egg at the bottom of his boots, and I thought that would do something. <laughs> Poetic justice. But he never sold it, which pissed me off. No, like, he never sold um... it. But, yeah, I mean, that was like, what a rib on me. And you guys showed it at the bar. My, you know, my, it my... wasn't mine intentions but um <laughs> it, it was one of the i mean i i there's so much good footage on on that that i was saying i've still before. never seen it yeah the um, there's matches of you um there's i remember there's like a triple tag match of yourself doc and myself in one match oh like a three-way dance yeah oh okay. no like um us, us against um, oh like rip, six man morgan rip was morgan on, uh indio and was um and Moondog, I think, was there. Oh, okay, as well. he was good. Randy yeah. Colley, I yeah. learned a lot from him, actually. Yeah, yeah, and a, and a hell of a fella. Yeah, like a real lovely. I mean, there, there was real good guys in the dressing. What room. a random collection of guys, I you know? know. I, a couple guys from Montreal. Randy's from Memphis. I'm from Canada. Liverpool guys. Yeah. Indio, like just like this weird. Ren, Rennie. Yeah, and and like, I don't know if you spoke. I don't know if Cesaro spoke about what a fella Rene Rene was in mm-hmm. his day. I mean, in his day on mainland Europe, he was. A huge name, you know. Mm. He used to fly out, fly into the uh, with with like a banner on the back. Lazatez has arrived. And, really? And, and, yeah, go around the city, so everyone could see him. No kidding. Oh, huge! I didn't realize he was that big huge, of a star. star. And Franz Van Boyten, was he? Was he? He was there? there, yeah. 
and like again, Franz Van Boyten, um, uh, like his his sons Daniel Van Boyten, who's a famous footballer for Bayern Munich, was Bayern Munich, Belgium international. Mm-hmm. Um, but Franzel was was an incredible, you know, um, incredible performer, fitness freak, and whatever. But one of the stories I liked about Franz Van Boyten, he was a vegetarian, mm-hmm. and we used to have these. Did they have the big thing in the in the tent where they had like a loads of foods and drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like um, yeah, he had the caravan, and, and at the end of it all. He, he, he nicked a load of he licked a load of ham and chicken and stuff and it was all going back in the caravan <laughs> vegetarian how about, how about how about kinder catch oh I hated it tell, tell explain what that was so um children <laughs> so stupid. children were, and I remember you were absolutely going mad oh I hated going, it this is a an exposure, man. Look at that. And it, and, hey, it, and it was. <laughs> this is a Sunday morning, and basically, once again, we've been out all night on the Reaper Bond, mm-hmm. just like because once we got in the groove, we were rocking. Mm-hmm. We knew all the places to go, all the girls. Jan Ruta, our friend from Germany, would take us. Unbelievable. And uh, and uh, we'd have to go at on Sunday morning. To the tent at mm-hmm. pro- I think it was like I'm going to say 9 a.m. and if it was uh, like 10 o'clock, it was fairly early, especially when you've been up all night. I think a couple of us went directly to Kinder Catch, mm-hmm. and all the kids would be there. So um, by German law, children under 15 were not allowed to the show. Oh, okay. So as a kind of as a kind of thing for the a goodwill for the for the city, we put on this show. And was Rolo Brazil there? Was he there when, when you were there? No, he wasn't there. He, he was the he, he, when Rolo did it, it was awful because he, he was the ringleader, and he'd get you doing like roll up. So so like, but they'd have us in the ring like doing moves and oh, rolls. You were, you were in for like an hour and a half for, for, in front of the kids, yeah. and basically showing them how to do a wrestling match. Yeah, and it was cold and it was damp, and they wouldn't put the eaters on. Yeah. And, yeah, and it, yeah, this is in October in Hamburg, yeah, so it's oh, super it's, damp. It was cold when you can see your breath coming out of your mouth. Yes, when it's that cold in the ring. Yeah, and um. And as you say, we'd be out on the Saturday night uh, having a jolly time of things. And Hamburg never sleeps, as you know. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's a 24-hour 20, city. So uh, we, we uh, most of the time we were a lot worse for the wear. And, and we used to do these things called the Hamburg Rolls, which I've got my, my class or I did. In, in some cases, it's good for ring awareness, but not when you've been on the Reaper ban all night. It's, <laughs> it's the worst thing for ring awareness. <laughs> I remember, I remember I, I'd done 50, so it's like a diamond shape, so you hit the middle of the ropes, rolling, rolling up. You're on, rolling on, around on, the on ring, your, on your right On yeah. your right arm as if you're in a wrist lock. And I'd done the 50 like that, stood up, and I just felt myself tipping like that, and I went through the <laughs> middle and bottom rope like that. And, landed. and if you landed outside, do you remember that it was like, oh, all dusty and dirty. Oh yeah, it was, it was like a dirt floor. Yeah, you had to wipe your feet on the way out of that tent <laughs> rather than like. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And then they have us. Okay, do a drop kick, and you, you know, do it higher on the bell. And yeah, on, on the, the bell, on the gong or whatever. It was. You, you have these, like you're sitting there, like, and of course, then you start getting into it. And you're trying to do a drop kick to hit the bell higher, and there's kids doing it. And then Randy's like, "Hey, do that thing where you jump from the top rope to the outside. You want me to do a cross body from the top rope outside onto the floor? I'm like, the fuck I'm doing that on a Sunday. Exactly. I, I wouldn't do that on a Friday." Never mind. <laughs> I just couldn't understand the concept of why are we doing this? It makes me mad right now, even thinking about it. I know. I, it, it, yeah, the, the, the arrows have gone up on the bloody scale. Eh? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was um, in in CWA. We used to just have like you know um, in Vienna and um, Bremen and Hanover. I, I, I used to work with Tony quite a lot. Tony Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd go in the ring and do like a little pitter patter thing, and, and like eventually just. Um, he'd, he'd do me with something and I'd spit me dummy out and storm out 
Well, like Finley just refused to do it. Well, I can see that, right? Right. Because you know? Finley too, like, and this is another thing. You were, you were, uh, if you were a big villain, you could, if you're working with your baby faces, you would do something dastardly. The ref would catch you, and then fine you. Oh yeah. And oh, then yeah. the the good fans would pay the fine. Yeah. For the babyface, right? Well, anyone, right? They would just anyone. pay the fines. I mean, the most I've done is two thousand, I think two thousand two hundred and obscure mark. Right. So the heel would do something, and then the babyface would retaliate. The ref would see that you're fined. You know, a hundred hundred Deutschmarks. And I don't. Then think, the, I don't we, we should because I think they still do this, and, and we could be killing it. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could. It could be quite. But then you would split nice. the money. Yes. <laughs> yes, you'd split the money. If anyone's in Germany, listen to this now. They won't understand we've, us anyways. we've had our day. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they know by now. The days are gone. Oh, it was good. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was a I, good experience. I really enjoyed Hamburg. And looking back on it, I remember you were always yeah, like, because your metal is different than my metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Jern, who's a mutual friend, I remember you. Um, I've got it on. I've got it on um, video. We go to his house, and he's got all like pit. Picture discs of Halloween kids. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, oh, like, what's going on here? And you go, you, you genuinely got upset with me. You went, this is metal now. Stop it. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're always on about the Mighty Mighty Ballstones oh, and yes. the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, yeah, the Murphys come like, I took you to Pennywise. Pennywise, yeah. Went, uh, uh, like Morbid Angel. Morbid, yes. But I saw uh, Halloween, Green Jelly, talk about a 90s At the band, Docks. the Docks, Gamma Ray, Saxon. Um, I remember Manowar played one night when we were working. We couldn't go see Manowar. God, <laughs> I was like, we got to go just to go oh, see it. But they were playing like the arena. Yeah, That's how big they huge, were there. Yeah. Huge in Germany. But I later, I later met them because of my mates in Hanover. They uh-huh. were on um, SPV as as Fozzy were. And, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steamhammer. So I got to meet all these like mad metal people. But then when you see that the lead singer, you think, God, this guy's a monster. And I'm, Where, sorry, there <laughs> yes. he is down there. Short little Smaller guy. Smaller than Prince. When I uh, hosted the Metal Hammer Awards, Joey DeMeo, the bass player, they won like a lifetime achievement. And he came up and he showed up in his limo, waited in his limo the whole awards show and just came in only to accept his award and got back in the limo left. But I will say this, when he came up, he was very, very nice. So I can't even talk bad about it. But he sat yeah. in his limo. Where's DeMeo? He's in the limo. Why does he come inside? He refuses. <laughs> but Hamburg was, was great. But that led to us kind of having this uh, – we kind of followed each other. We went to New Japan together. Mm, that was great. That was that a was great cool. tour. That was the best of the Super Junior, top yeah. of the Super Junior, 97 yeah. maybe it was. 97, or whatever it may yeah. Be. I, th- I think um, – because obviously Doc was me – yeah, Liverpool all. lads. But like, um, I think on that trip, I mean, it, it, I, we kind of got to know each other good, and and used to hang out and everything else. But in Japan, I think it went because of, because of that and because of WC, right, WCW. And WCW, yeah. Um, so we 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 hung out a lot more. I I think I hung out with with you more than what I did with the Doc mm-hmm. in, in Japan because Absolutely, we, yeah. you know we we went to the record shops and 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 done the done the thing. I'll never forgive you for giving me the fish. Menu on the way. We we had we had a um, business class tickets, and you went like that. Look, trust me on this one. Get the Japanese menu. <laughs> I, I, that was my I, version I, of I, the. Uh, was it called the five card trick? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for that. You there got you me back. Go. If there was ever a receipt for the for the uh, <laughs> there you go, yeah, for the for the wee willy winky. Oh, uh, God, video. it was awful. I, I mean, I, I I'm not a fish lover anyway, but everything was just Japanese oh, fish. So what, so what do we eat all the time? Remember what we ate all the time? <laughs> yakitori. Uh, uh, yeah, the yakitori. But what do we? We found the restaurant Tortellini. Oh, to- oh yeah. The, oh yeah. 
There you go. Ate the tor- oh, the tortellini. tortellini. <laughs> <laughs> and then remember we met the uh, the rice girls. Oh, that was the that was the first weekend. That that was like one of those moments as as single guys at the time. We're walking down the street and we walk. I think there was five of us and we walked past five girls. We were in uh, Tony Ramones or whatever it was. We went to the oh Harvard. Tony Romas. Tony Romas. Yeah. we went there and they were there and then we just sort of and there was like Doc and there was. Um, you and me and Jeff Farmer, Jeff Farmer NWO Sting, and, um, maybe Chavo or Chavito. something. Yeah, Chavito. And um, we just sort of met these girls and just started getting on with them. and Like instantly? Yeah. How long and, are you guys here for? We're like a month? We're here for like three weeks. Let's hang out. <laughs> well, we thought we thought they were uh, we thought they were teachers at first. Mm-hmm. And they were Jack the Rippers. <laughs> <laughs> Strippers. <laughs> Jack the Rippers. <laughs> Shout <out to> Jacks. <laughs> and... Um, but we had we had so much fun with them. I we mean, thought I, they were I, teachers. I, no, I did. Yeah. I thought they were English teachers because there was like an Australian one and an American one. Yeah, and the um, and this is the Spice Girls were really popular at that time, so we called them the Rice, Rice Girls. Girls. We had a great time with oh, them were, on countless they, occasions. Yeah, I remember. Um, there was a, there was one of the funny stories with um, with Kendo Kashin, and there was the with with Anoki with when he done this thing where. We were, I forget we were working. We were working. He hypnotized. He, he hypnotized Kendo Kashin. Yeah, but he, he done that one where he, he'd, he'd slap you on the back. Yeah, and then go. Yeah, kind of got to like, wave his hand wave in his front hands, of your face, and then they'd take a bump. Yeah, and we walked. Doc and I walked in because we had that Doctor Payne. Yeah, who didn't speak any English, and he'd go Payne. <laughs> Every all the Japanese lads are laughing their heads off. You know you're getting that off. Yeah. <laughs> he was the trainer. Pain? I'm not selling it. I'm not selling. <laughs> and he got. Pain? Yes. <laughs> Even more now, actually. And then you go, <laughs> after 20 minutes, go, no pain. <laughs> so we went in to see Dr. Pain, and, and, and Oki Sam was doing all this. Mm-hmm. So I thought, it's like when you're on a bus or you're on a, on a plane or something, and some fella goes, ah, yeah, and you think, please don't sit next to me. Please. Get anywhere beside, but, but I was looking at Doc on. I hope he doesn't do this. I'm like, what do you do? Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, I'm not, a, do, do you take a bump? Right, out yeah. of respect, or do you, do you not take a bump out of respect? Does he respect you more for taking? I'm thinking, God, this is this is sod's law. This now coming up. So he done Hattori and he done Doctor Penn. They all took bumps, and I'm gone. And he went, I got one and walked out. Uh, you could just feel the relief. It was like having like the ozone layer just lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> I remember Nagata was there, and somebody took a bump, and Nagata looked at me maybe right after Inoki left or behind his back. The guy takes a bump, and Nagata looks at me and goes, "Such bullshit." <laughs> well, well, Kashin took two bumps. So later on, he came to the Keo Plaza downstairs to the bar, and it was like. Um, it, it was like the shine, and it was just this big long bar with no one in it. Yeah, just him and me like that. So I went like he, he called me. So we c- come down. So we've got a couple. We've got a beer like that. So I'm like, is she son? I said uh, last Sunday, straight or work. So he's looking up and down the bar as if there's like a hidden camera like that. He's like, <laughs> and just about to take a, a sip of his beer he goes work. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> but uh, that was. Um, I, I liked some of the stuff. I mean, it was it, it was intense. The tour. I oh remember, yeah. I remember you you were you were great because you were like telling me who's who and what's what. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember On the roster and yeah, and and also the style because the style was a lot different. I remember we we, we sat at the stood at the back one one night at the Korokian, and, and um, there was two the Japanese lads in in I suppose 
not in our group or in our group or in their group or whatever else and you've gone look he, he's gone for his finisher here and he's mm. blocking that and uh, it, was, it was totally alien to me that style you know and, and, it and, was not, selling, yeah. and not selling anything yeah. you, know, you, you kick me in the face I'm going to you know, a kick in the face in any continent hurts. <laughs> yeah. Just to get up as if, like, you've just, like, ha- had a sweet sherry. It's, it's, like, it's not on the agenda. But I remember that that's the thing. Uh, and, and they booked it really well, too, because uh, Samurai won that year. Mm-hmm. I beat Samurai, and then you beat me. They booked it all. Like, there was yeah, and Liger, a lot of... Li- uh, the Doc beat Liger. Right. Which, caused, which was huge. Uh, I think I think he became king of Liverpool for the day, even back <laughs> back in Liverpool. So, yeah, yeah it was um, they, they it really was a hell of an experience. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, And, like, obviously knowing the, the Japanese lads from coming... Uh, right, because a lot of them come to England. Sure. And so Liger was the first, you know, um, uh, Fuji Yamada. Would you call Liger Frankie? Frankie, yeah. Was that? Was, well, he, he was... To, to Rocco, what I was to Rocco, in, like he was in Japan, he was like Rocco's young boy. Yeah, but he had, used to have these like little Brussels sprout ears and like a, like a little scrunched up face. And what I'm sure his mother loves him, but this, this is Rocco's description. And uh, he's coming here next week. I mean, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, and R- Rocco used to say, "We've got a young lad there. He's really good, called Frankie." I said, what do you call him, Frankie? Because we had Frank Cullen, Bobby uh-huh. Stewart, and and, right, right. and um, he said because he looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> And when he came, I thought, well, he's not that bad. But we, of course, we called him Frankie. And some of the some <laughs> of the Liger's early years. Some Frankie. of the tales that we had with him, he was like um, on his first tour, he, he he bowed every time and all that. And then he grew his hair and came back, and he was uh, had the mask. Uh, he was a bit yeah. more. Uh, no, no, no. He, oh. he he was still. He came back with Fanaki. Okay. Um, Matthias Fanaki started Pancras. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were a pair of terrors. Like not to me. I remember one night in um, Hastings. And sometimes when you you kind of used to the style and all that, you don't sort of realise. And they're on with a guy called Lucky Gordon and Scrubber Daily. Scrubber Daily was like a, a midget version of Giant Haystacks, okay. the dungarees and all that. <laughs> and um, and I, I'd, I'd been on the first half and I never really thought anything. They were on last. And um, they came in and the dog, I, I'm in the dressing room in Hastings, which is White Rock Theatre. And they boot the like they, they come in. Scrubber's like, <gasps> oh god, he's got some Birmingham like, you know, like the Ozzy Osbourne like that. Going, <laughs> yeah, oh, my bloody leg, my bloody. And, and it, it, he's like got huge tree trunk legs, and it was like hanging off. It was like bruised, and it was like quater mass coming in the back of it. And then Lucky Gordon's coming. I don't realize they talk to the Irish voice like that. Bloody hell, what did you do to upset him? What did you do there? Then Liger, I never saw him this angry ever. And he came in, he went, I, you no sell, you no sell. I pay you 100 pounds, you come back into arena, I make you sell. I, and F, F this and F uh-huh. And I thought, wow. And John Harris, who's one, one of the most esteemed ever, he was the old MC, mm-hmm. and had a rather, rather brown voice and nostalgic voice like Roger Moore. <laughs> and he, he, he actually, he'd seen it all through the, after the war and the 50s and the 60s and, the, you know, like the, when... It would go off in the middle of the ring through, yeah. through you know, like someone would block one another, and then it's off. They start fighting, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, so it's going for real. And he said that was the most scary moment in all of his years. So Liger just lost it and started yeah, and kicking his leg. Like, Fanaki with him as well. He's oh, one of them, like really real yeah, shooter. Yeah. Real. He used to do a thing where he'd get like six members of the audience before his match and put them out. 
it's put like the two fingered sleeper. Oh, he'd put them to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> if that's not a circus attraction, I don't know what is. <laughs> and like Brian Dixon used to me, imagine doing that now. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Calling yeah, yeah. Fan, like no plants, just <laughs> real fans. Proper fans coming in and he wallop and doing that. <laughs> and I, you know, that was um that was something. Tell like, us about uh about your experience in WCW because you ended up there as well after the Japanese tour. Yeah, I mean I have a lot to thank William Regal for. Yeah. Because um, you guys have always been together. We haven't really mentioned that. But yeah. You kind of worked together. You took him under your wing when you started. Sure. And then he repaid the favor by helping you yeah. get into WCW, helping you get into here as a yeah. coach in NXT. I, I mean, you know yourself in this job, you, you, you get a lot of acquaintances. Mm -hmm. um, Darren, I'll call him Darren, is a best mate. Mm -hmm. uh, without a shadow of a doubt, we've kept in touch over the years through thick and thin. You know, there's been there's been times where he's needed, you know, a shoulder to cry on and, and a, a mate to back him up, and, mm -hmm. and and I've done the same as well. And he's he's been there all the way. And you know, he's got he's, he's married and he's got three three children. And like knowing the kids, and I remember when Daniel was born, and I remember before I was I stayed at their house before they got married. You know, and and it, we go back that that far. That far, right? And um, he, he's almost like like an uncle. But I'm, I think I'm two, two or three years older than. <laughs> but I always feel like ten years younger because he's that, you know. Well, he acts ten years older he than does. he is too. Yeah. I, I, and like when, like when he started working with Brian, I, I like him, but he got his feet under the under the table, so to speak. He, I remember famously, I'll never forget it. Like because I'm, I'm a big record junkie. I still buy far too many records than mm -hmm. I should. And, um, Even though they're harder and harder to find. Uh, well, no, I mean, discography.com, I know that's a, oh, okay. plug. It's a fantastic thing. Shout out to discography.com. Um, oh, yes, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's very uh, yeah. compelling. And um, I remember once we were going to a job and he said, never mind all that, sell your bloody records and buy a house. <laughs> and all, uh, like Brian Dixon, there, he crashed the car with laughter, you know. Um, <laughs> so he helped you get so, into WCW? So, yeah, um, I was in Germany and, and, and he said, we were supposed to go because we'd done a deal with AAA, and it, it all oh, really? it all went terribly wrong with the juicer. Obviously, you know, unfortunately passed away. And just as we were, who passed away? The the Arpa. Oh, the that's right. Oh, so, okay. So he was going to help you get in there yeah, too. Um, yeah, well, he did. You know, and it, it, it was all. How did you know? Where'd you know art from? Because of Darren. Oh, Darren gotcha. and Ed, Darren and Eddie were in Japan. With, with Darren, I understand. So, okay. So it started like that, and then the next thing. Uh, Conan wanted to bring us to um, Pro Aztec or whatever it yeah, was called. Yeah, yeah. So Darren said, well, you know, do you fancy coming out here for a couple of weeks? So I was in Germany and uh, I, I kind of, I, I was kind of based there. And so, I, okay, I'll have to go back to England. So it was like, when you buy a ticket, it's more expensive the day before. So I get back to England, get to, the, you know, tell the doc. He said, well, I've got no money. And this was just, the doc was like having... It was like having cholera as a tag partner. It's just, it was just, just dementia. It's just. And, uh, so I said, well, I had like, I had like a thousand pounds or something like that. So we needed to get there in two days. So they said, look, have you got a ticket to get to Orlando? Because it was at Universal. So they said, well, yeah, we can get you there, but it's going to cost you like uh, four hundred pounds each for a single. Mm. It's going to be over a thousand pound for a return. So what do you do? Do you do you take that risk? We haven't got no visas or anything mm -hmm. like that, you know. And what? So, at the time, I, I'd been working um, because I had a mortgage b before this, and I was working on a building site um, for my ex-girlfriend's father. 
So um, and the dock was a security guard because the the job was on its on its backside and. I just started for CWA, so I was okay. I was all right, you know. For but the doc wasn't, and um, so uh, right, give us two two singles to Orlando. Right, we're going to Manchester, so we fly out. And I said to the doc, "Whatever you do, leave the talking to me, because he's, he's he just drop you in it, <laughs> you know." He, there's been times when we've got into clubs and I've acted Danish and and like I can speak Danish and German and I'm going you know talking away and you go Kepasa Manu and I'm going you just <laughs> absolute infidel so anyway we, we get to the Orlando we, we go through customs and we ju- we can see the door opening like that I'm going that, that, God that was a, that. next thing this guy goes hey guys just come over here a minute I, I knew it was too good to be true so if he checks the tickets, we've got single tickets. I've got two hundred pounds on me. Oh wow! Bang! Right. Get back to where you come from. So I've, I'm talking away. So like, he's gone like that to me. He's like, well, "Where are you guys from?" I said, uh, "Liverpool." Putting the boat like the biggest. Over the Beatles. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Of course. It's right. like a ticket to freedom, really. <laughs> yeah. So he says, "Oh my God!" He says, "You guys know the Beatles?" I said, "What? Well, is Uncle Ringo?" <laughs> no. So he's looking through my bag, and he uh, and like we, we had we were going to go to Dean Malenko's wrestling school, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So next thing he like he races through, and he's oh my god! Like, he pulls a pair of the doc's tassels out like that. And he says, "What the hell is that?" I said, "You can't take him anywhere, mate. It's just like his uncle Ringo." <laughs> so he's got like that. So we take his address. We're going to get a Ringo Stars autograph. And all. Welcome to the United States. He lets you in on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> With a one-way uh, ticket and no he, money. He didn't see the one-way ticket. Oh, okay. If he saw that, it would have been a totally right, different right, thing. Right, right. And I was like, I was on tender hooks because... Yeah, that, uh, his uncle. We go through and um, Scotty Armstrong, Steve Armstrong and Darren was there to welcome us. And then we went, we started there the next day. Working in Orlando. Working in Orlando. worldwide working tapings. With, uh, working with anyone. You mm. know, we were there to, to show Conan. That was all we were there to do, really, and get David Penzer to sign the, the council thing so we can get our money. Yeah, daily and, pay. And, and, and he wouldn't, he'd always disappear. Like, uh, <laughs> but I gave him a receipt years later, which. Uh, <laughs> but, like, um, by the third day, we, um, Kevin Sullivan came up to us and he said, You guys are the greatest. You know, and he said, I've got it. And he was so supportive and. and um, and we do we do three three tapings, tapings a, day, a day, yeah. And we'd be on the lion's share of it. We'd, we'd, uh, I remember once on might have been the second time we went. I was just, we, we went on the on the on the board, so we went to that like the the, the cafe restaurant thing. Yeah, because this is like in the MGM Studios or whatever it was. So you go back to like the crew cafe. Yeah, yeah. We're all like you'd see like you know Goofy and Pluto the dog eating With, without the masks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, I was just about to put a, like a sandwich in my mouth. And this guy with a clipboard and an earpiece. Where's Regal's guys? We're here, mate. You gotta go on with one of the Mexican guys. Oh, God. Sandwich put the down. sandwich down and put your boots. <laughs> well, the boots were always on. Yeah. yeah. But it was. Um, Did you ever have a, a deal with WCW? Or yeah. just, oh so, wow. So what happened? We went. We went back and forth, and then we went to Japan, and then I went. I, I had a deal with the uh, CWA, hmm. so I went back to Austria, and I, I said to the doc. Send you stuff, and he never. So then, Otto just turned around to me and said, "Well, I've not, I've not heard from him, so I haven't booked him." Mm-hmm. So I, I got on with my life because, and then 
we were waiting for the forms, and I, I, I don't even know, but like I know it's the same from Canada. But when you come from England to America, it's a complex little oh, thing sure. with you lots of visas. Yeah, yeah, you know, just to get your visas, mm-hmm. just um, so um, I'd I'd gone to Austria, and Finley was about to come over, and they pulled me into the office and said, "Look, we want you to take over," you know, because I was tagging with Finley, and I thought, well, it's great, it's a great honour," you know, and, and um, I hung out and t- tagged with Dave every night. He was. Um, it was a real fabulous time if I, mm-hmm. when I remember having good matches and, and again every night and, and having this thing in the background where you know WCW when it's going to come it's beckoning yeah and of course the day after the doc phones me in Austria and says uh, we've got them like forms uh, you know them forms for them but what's it called a visa <laughs> so um I went on oh, no. and I walked in the dressing room. And Peter William was there, and he said, "You know, you, you said you were gonna. It's all, it's all over the the day sheets in America that you you sign up for WCW." I said, "Well, look, I'll." And I, this was the moment when it all went wrong, and I didn't know. I called JJ Dillon, and I said, "JJ, you know, you, I know, I know you're older than me, but I come from the same sort of school. I've promised these people that I'd stay for Hanover, and um, there's Brayman." I said, "But just let me do Hanover, and I'll come." And he, I could hear him tapping into a keyboard. And he went, well, you know, just stay till Christmas and come after Christmas, that'll be fine, no problem. And um, so we filled the visas things and, and there was a contract in, in the visa. And Dave Taylor said, there's this company in London that processes it mm-hmm. like really quick. So I put everything in, didn't copy it, got the, came back to England uh, at Christmas, went to WCW just uh, after New Year. And uh, he, we got out here and, sorry, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I was going, oh, this is brilliant. And at the time, Darren was going through, you know, some, some, bad, some, of his some, issues, some yeah. bad things. And, like, Dave Dave Taylor was here and, 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 um, and it was kind of, like, if I look back at it, I don't feel angry. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... So when you got here, the, basically the deal was off the table. Well, no, the, I mean, there was one person who could, who could answer the questions. Mm-hmm. But I remember we, we, we got a flight to Texas and we got we got wherever it was in Texas and we got to the arena and they said, uh, what are you doing here? Yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah. all right, right, I'll just sound the thing. But I, I really wouldn't have minded anything like that as long as they, they they gave us the papers, they said, come in, the water's nice. And then we got there and because it was so chaotic and that, you know, that no one, no one knew. Mm-hmm. And by this time, Obviously, Kevin Sullivan had gone out of power, and it was a case of uh, I always remember doing um, doing Universal, and again we worked. I think it was probably ten day a ten day thing, and I remember um, I went on with this guy who didn't know anything, like the proverbial headlock from a padlock. He he, he never, knew it. and he was one of the Goldberg crew from the power plant, big jacked up lad. And I said, just just relax. Said, you know, we'll get through this and everything else, and that. and everything I told him. He, of course, he done the opposite mm-hmm. and he tightened up, and he wanted to fight me, and I, I had to drag him round. <laughs> and it came out the ring, and Terry Taylor, who is uh, here now, is yeah. one of our, one of our um, elite elite producers, coaches. He pulled me. He said, "Your timing's first class. Your charisma's second to none." He said, "Your wrestling ability is unbelievable." He said, "Your your performance is first class." You've absolutely no future with this wrestling company. <laughs> <laughs> I went, thank you very much. And when I first got here, it was in Tampa, you know, I felt terrible. I went, that was 
He was the, honest. That was one of the nicest things anyone said to me. You know, and, and, and now when I look back, I don't look back. I, the one thing, I marched to the new headquarters of WCW, and, and there was a woman called Diana Myers. Yeah. And, um, she always had a runny nose. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. And visited the toilet quite a bit as well. <laughs> To, to enhance that run, gotcha. but, but like I, I went to her and, and like Darren was going, look, don't cause trouble. And I'm like, I'm not going to cause that. But like, you know, you live here and like you, you got us this position. I said, I, want, I just want to go and, and 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 say to this woman, you know, what's the score? And she said, there's no, we never give you the contract. I said, well, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I produced me me passport and said, look at the look at the name, petitioner's name, World Championship Wrestling. I said. Those don't grow, grow on trees. I said, but it's fair enough. If you're if you're going to lie to me to my face now, I've got no business here. I phoned Terry Taylor up. I said, Terry, can you get me a flight back to Germany? And that was bad because um, uh, I connected at Manchester and I, I only had, like, shorts and, like, T-shirt. I never had any over. <laughs> it was freezing, even in the airport. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing, uh, I know um, one of the Liverpool players, I uh, grew up with him, um, he's a bit younger than me, called Stevie McManaman. And Liverpool were going out to do a, a course in La Manga, and so he had all the Liverpool players. So he's gone, here's me mate, Robbie Brookside. And I'm going like, darn, I'm, I'm, I didn't have the heart to say, I'm not a WCW wrestler no more, young man. <laughs> and I had to just like stand there, and, and then I went back to, I had a girlfriend at the time in Germany, and uh, I went up to Kiel, and it was the coldest ever. But, yeah. you know, if you, if you look back, you, you could, I'm not going to be well, bitter, I'm not going to... It's all part of the journey to get yeah, here. Yeah, and, and also, like, that experience can, you know, I have to treat these these youngsters, and, and, you know, a lot of them are youngsters, and a lot of them... That have never worked anywhere before. Uh, exactly. And and, and to, to... It's one thing to, to show them the moves, you know, and where I come from is a different ballpark than, what, you know, where you come from. Um, and I always look at wrestling like a science because... I've been doing it for 34 years, but someone wow. can come along who's been doing it for 34 minutes and just pick one of the things I've been doing for that, and I, I can go, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. 34 years, I've, I've I've been doing it this way, but that works. You're still learning, yeah. 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 And I've, I came here, Chris, and do you have etch sketches? You know, what yeah, yeah, etch yeah, sketch. Yeah. I always look at it like this: every match I've done, which is thousands and thousands of matches, and and. and, and you know, thousands of hours of working with different people from different eras and whatever else. But every match, if you could just put a little straight line, a little squiggle and whatever else and create this wonderfully articulate, like, mosaic picture. The moment I walked through the doors here, I scrubbed it, I shook it up and down, I went, I'm starting again. Hmm. And, I, I, and I, you know, I'm still learning every day. You know, Terry Taylor, for example, you know, his mind of producing and writing and stuff just the WWE way is I've been swimming in like a lake but this is an ocean Mm. and in this ocean there are big big fish (laughs) big fish that can eat you and and swallow you up and and again I'll go back to Darren he he was going on about something to me like three or four years ago and um I had knee operations and I, I really didn't want to wrestle no more it was a, it, it, I had to wrestle yeah, to, was to, job, to, get, yeah. to get money and to pay bills and stuff but you know when you're younger and you've, you've got all that athleticism and, and, and appetite and desire but after three knee operations and cruciate ligaments operations and um, 
and he said, and I've had a wrestling school in England, which still to mm-hmm. this day still still survives. And he went, look, there's going to be something. I don't, and he do, he never wants to promise me anything. He never, you know, it could be coming off, could be, and then it, all of a sudden it did, and it's just gone from. I, I'm, I'm, Americans say awesome, you know, for a hot dog or for like a cup of coffee. This is awesome. That, like this is something the real legit definition. I, I get of stuck the word. for words yeah. to say, you know, what this company is doing here and how they're doing it and the direction. When I first got here, we were doing like small places. We still do them small places in comparison to thirteen thousand, but there was thirty people, and the way this has caught on, and yeah, now I, you get thirteen thousand people legit sold out, yeah, sold out Barclays Two weeks Center. ago, and yeah, and also when we go to these, they you know the, the shows in Florida. You can't get a ticket now. People get turned away, and you see kids crying, and it's like, well, in, in such a short space of time. And how rare is it for a wrestling show to legitimately sell, sell out? As yeah. you know, it doesn't happen yeah. every day. Yeah, you know, and and, and just the, the 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 whole the the whole feeling around here, and 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 it goes on. And again, you know, we do the t- TV shows, and like you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. You'd been doing this all your life, you know the TV side of things. I haven't. Good so, point. So, right. like, I, I look at it. I remember I done a we used to wrestle as extras or whatever you want to call them, to enhancers. I'd rather <laughs> yeah, say enhancement talent. Whoever I was on with in in England, and the referee's going, turn to face this camera. I'm going, I'll I'll hit you in a minute. I thought he was like, I thought he was having a go at me, a personal thing, <laughs> but someone's having a go at him in the yeah, in, yeah. in the ear. Face piece. the hard camera. I, I pulled him off. So he said, sorry, brother, but I was getting my. Uh, <laughs> And I never knew there was a hard camera, you know. Right. So, like, now, you know, you're in the background and, and, you know, the likes of the leader of the pack, Hunter, you look at the... I don't know how he does it. He, he just never stops. And, mm-hmm. and and he has so much conviction and and love for this job that it is awesome. Last question, and this might be a hard one with all the matches you've had. Is there one that stands out as being your favourite match that you've had? There's, there's so many, you know, so many... So many matches that... Like probably some of my best matches were in black and white, you know. <laughs> you know, and and it's a shame now because everyone, you've got so many chances to record your matches now. Where back then it was, uh, you know, I remember seeing my first match on video and I'm like, oh my god, do I really? It's like when when I hear my voice on here, I'll go, I don't sound like that, do I? And it was like that. I thought I do a good drop kick. I didn't. Yeah. And I couldn't. There's been so many, you know, like, you know, I've, I've worked with, with the likes of yourself and, you know, with, with Owen Hart. With, uh, oh, you worked with Owen? Yeah. In, in England? In England. And hundreds of matches with William Regal. Hundreds, you know. Um, Finleys, Rocco, Saints. Um, and I, people who are no longer with us now. and uh, Just too many, you know, mm-hmm. like 5,000 plus matches where you can't pinpoint things even the matches in japan that we had i can't remember like, mm. you know the, the the logistics and the specifics of it i can just vaguely remember tour buses and going on the next one and people, yeah, yeah. people not selling and you know <laughs> um, and when you think now it's going to nearly going to be 34 years it's it's yeah but there's no time to analyze it you've got next you've yeah, got to do yeah, the yeah. next it's thing the next thing right and the, the, the next thing for us is, is is come back here tomorrow and get ready to, to take our someone, brand someone posted a match uh, yesterday I guess it was an anniversary it was me under, an Undertaker versus Rock and Austin from a Raw and you would think like okay 
you got to remember this one. I watched it back. I don't remember anything about it. I'm not even sure where it was. I think it might have been Las Vegas. But if you can't even remember That's a match like that, like you're talking about, we do so much work and go on to the next thing and next thing, next thing, next thing. Your body of work is huge. But the specifics, it's hard to remember exact but everything. It, but it's, I mean, you know, for me, like knowing you, and I, I remember like knowing you from 93, and you, you've got such an appetite, you know, for this job where you, and you, you got to that, in WCW, you got held back. There's no, you know, question about mm -hmm. it. But when you went to WWE, you know, when I know someone, I'm like, I'm, I smile and I, I feel happy that someone that I know has gone on to bigger things. And when you, when you've gone on, you've done, you've got this illustrious career, and it makes me smile, it makes me happy when I, when I, when I, when I see that. When, when you know people and they've, they've done good, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, from humble beginnings in, in <laughs> yeah. Amber and Great Caesar's Ghost as well. Lest <laughs> lest we forget. So that's another one you got me. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was my demo one. tape that I did on a four-track recorder, and it was totally out of tune and terribly mixed. I've still got that somewhere. You, you well. showed up playing it uh, probably on these loudspeakers in my mind in it, front it, of the it whole. It was at Universal, <laughs> and Dave Taylor went, "What's that shit?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's another one where he just gave me this like Jericho look chomping at the bit chomping chomping dude it's great talking to you man brilliant thank you very much thanks to Robbie Brookside doing a great job training all that new talent down at NXT always fun to talk to one of my oldest friends in the wrestling business 23 years damn that's a long time so many cool stories and uh, I love his accent man okay a lot ah, cool stuff listen I appreciate you listening to this show I appreciate you listening to the, uh, William Shatner what an amazing what a such a smart guy all the Talk is Jericho episodes and to make sure you never miss an episode of Talk is Jericho hit that subscribe buttons at iTunes and leave us a comment and a five star rating as well we appreciate both they really help out the show and so does Amazon Right, Amazon, the longest-running sponsor of Talk is Jericho. The first sponsor I ever had on Talk is Jericho. Before I ever made a dime off this show, before I ever had one advertiser, Talk is Jericho was here with me. Before I even had one sponsor, Talk is Jericho was with me from the start. It's the easiest way to support this podcast. Just use the Talk is Jericho links, and you can find them by going to podcastone.com, clicking on the Killer Deals button at the right uh, top-hand corner of the page, then hitting the Talk is Jericho button. I got them Amazon links for the USA the UK, the Canada A, and every time you use the Talk is Jericho links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs. No hidden fees or extra charges. You buy just about anything you want on Amazon, usually at the best price, and you help us out. So go to podcastone.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All right, thank you so much for listening today, and keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. Thanks to Robbie Brookside, like I said thanks to William Shatner. It's been a great week. I want you to stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. Check out the Lemmy Memorial this weekend if you're going to be in L.A. It's on the rain at the Rainbow on Sunset Strip on Saturday. It's wide open to the public. Let's remember our fallen brother Lemmy, a good, good guy. Go back and listen to him on Talk is Jericho. I believe it's episode 108. Uh, and talking about uh, a great guest, I got a great one coming up on Wednesday. He used to write for the WWE, but more importantly, he is uh, the star of, of I Know What You Did Last Summer star of She's All That, 
star of Scooby-Doo, a multi-talented wrestling fanatic who's uh, who's born to do this. His lineage is there. He's been a Hollywood uh, mainstay for many, many, many years. I'm talking about Freddie Prince Jr. He's going to be here on Wednesday. He's got some great stories about all the acting that he's done, all the shows that he's been in, all the movies that he's been in, and of course some crazy, crazy stories about when he was one of the head writers for the WWE and also the uh, official acting coach for the WWE, Vince McMahon's personally appointed WWE acting coach. Freddie Prince Jr. is going to be here, and what a show it is. We'll see you then. Stay cool, stay hard, and a big yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 